Substance Reddit Podcast. the Celtics Reddit podcast. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. The Boston trade exceptions, pardon me, the Boston Celtics in the last 36 hours have drafted players, traded players, acquired players, really traversed the full spectrum of, of roster movement. Now, Jason and Mike actually recorded a post-draft pod late last night. And then, of course, right as I'm editing it this morning, the Celtics go and make some trades. So that post-draft segment will be the second half of this podcast. Joining us for this portion of the pod, from up there in beautiful Newcastle, Australia, Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going? Very good, very good. Real quick shout out to the boomers who just uh, who just boomed oh, yeah. Germany. Yeah, just got to get that in real quick. <laughs> they boomed Go, go baby. You can do it. <laughs> Patty Mills all the way. And, of course, on the other side of the planet there in the US, very early in the morning there, Jason, a.k.a. Celtics J. Welcome back, sir. How you doing? Good morning, gentlemen. Happy to be here. Glad to have you. Thank you Bye, for getting course. up out of bed so early in the morning. Let's get to these trades in chronological order. Earlier today, Woj reported the Celtics have traded Tristan Thompson to the Atlanta Hawks for Chris Dunn and a 2023 second round pick. That's right. Chris Dunn, who many people were disappointed we didn't draft ahead of Jalen Brown back in 2016, is now on the team along with Jalen Brown. It's funny how things work out. Also, Tristan Thompson being rerouted to Sacramento in exchange for DeLon Wright. Jackson, we'll start with you. How do you feel about the Celts moving on from Tristan Thompson? It doesn't really move me at all, to be perfectly honest. I remember (laughs) maybe, yeah, I remember maybe like four good Tristan Thompson games. Like I'm sure he had more than that, but like just just don't really remember that many of them at all. Um, uh, yeah, like I I don't mind it at all. Like it's obviously done for cap reasons and salary reasons, and there's like a there's a long term uh, plan in mind. But uh, as far as getting acquiring like guard depth, um, yeah, and Chris Dunn. Even though he played like, you know, I, I don't think he played much at all last year. I didn't even know he was on the Hawks no. still, to be perfectly Four games. Honest. Yeah, I thought he was on the Bulls still. Uh, it was probably like three teams ago. But um, yeah, no, I um, doesn't really move me. I, I know there's like more to it, as we'll get to with the other trades and whatnot. But um, yeah, no, it was, he had a, a fine year in, in, a, in a pretty average season. So yeah, it doesn't really bother me that much. Yeah, Jason, any thoughts on the outgoing Tristan Thompson or the incoming Chris Dunn? So as far as Tristan Thompson, bye bye baby, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <Good riddance. laughs> like, I'm all set. He he's one of those guys that like came in. He he must have a good like his agent must be like pretty savvy and tapped in because he came in saying all sorts of the right things to get us fired up about. You know he's got this championship pedigree. You know he's gonna be a dog. I don't like. He's just one of those guys that did not seem to really back up anything that he was saying, and then. He, he brought some off the court stuff I wasn't always enjoying having to consume. Like, I'm not even here to judge anybody's sort of behavior off the court. That's not my place. But, like, we always kept having to hear about it for, for better or for worse. And that's not necessarily his fault, but I'm still not sad to not have to deal with it anymore. <laughs> As a yeah. fan. Right? I think I agree with you there. I, I tried, um, and I think a lot of people did, to ignore a lot of the off court stuff and, and try and maybe <laughs> pretend. and. You know, there was a lot of stuff in the press that sort of suggested that it wasn't having an impact in the locker room or on the court or whatever. But, you know, it wasn't a great year for the Celtics. So, you you know, you try and pinpoint areas of negativity and, and remove it. Maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. I, I, I try not to be too judgmental of how like anyone um, conducts themselves in their personal life. But um, it did seem like he was... I don't want to say a bad influence on some of our younger guys, but 
uh, let's you know his his performance on the court was certainly not outweighing his performance off the court. So yeah. uh, good riddance. Happy as to soon see as you go. have a Kardashian attached to your profile, this is going to be drama somewhere. Yeah, and you're right. We just we just don't need it. We just don't need it. And like, is if if he was like if he was like doing what you know Giannis would do, I give a shit. You know, <laughs> it could be Kanye, it could be Kanye West levels of fucking pain in the ass absurdity, and I'd be like, whatever deal with it um but no not the, the kind of player well, that he is and he would talk about yeah. himself like that was his life right like he would talk mm. about himself like he was part of a big three in cleveland and it's like hold on <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like how yeah. uh kwame brown and kobe bryant combined for 82 points or whatever it is <laughs> against the raptors <laughs> um i think a lot of celtics fans including myself would have preferred delon Wright. so you know i guess he has a broader skill set mm-hmm. than than chris dunn but danger card ryan bernardoni friend of the show kind of hasn't been on in a while uh, on twitter had a good point on this he said if the celtics took Wright instead of dunn they wouldn't clear budget space get the tpe or the second round pick is that worth getting done instead of Wright? kind of depends on how they use that budget space so yeah i mean this was reported by mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Robb of, of MassLive.com, but um, yeah, it's it's likely this is the first of a series of moves, but the Celtics were able to acquire Chris Dunn using Enos Cantor's $5 million trade exception, which was set to expire this weekend, and that also allows them to create a new $9.2 million trade exception in sending out Tristan Thompson. So the trade exceptions at this point, it's like, this is part of the family, right? It's like, at some <laughs> point, you just need a jersey with like 9.2 on it that says trade exception on the back. Yeah. It's like if we get 18, ago, if we get 18, do we retire uh, Jersey TPE? I think yeah. oh, that would be, that would be <laughs> well, We've got Losky yeah. up in the back. We put trade exception up there as well. Yeah. Second like non-numeric retirement. Yeah. <laughs> I could see this being one of those situations where they end up changing rules just because they're, they're watching the way that this, this dynamic is getting exploited at this point. We're not even, we're mm-hmm. we're now navigating or, or negotiating around the the cap in so many different ways with all these traded player exceptions, and it's just becoming a new currency in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does give us some sort of added flexibility as we as we sort of navigate the off season, which we'll get into a little bit more in a few minutes. But just to focus on Chris Dunn for a second, uh, do you anticipate? Jason Chris Dunn being moved in the immediate future. Do you think he's going to stick around for a little while? And if so, like, what do you suspect his role on the team will be? So, I, I was also I'm I'm big on Delon Wright, but I also see Delon Wright as a guy that's looking for damn near starter minutes. And like I think he's primed for that. So I think Chris Dunn is more sort of e- equipped to play that backup role. I I think he's kind of he's. He's kind of a mini smart in, or like, you know, a poor man smart in a way, you know, smarts at this point, And this is a weird thing to say out loud. He's a far better shooter than, than this other player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, but D- Dunn is an elite defensive player. He can play make. Um, he's a guy that's going to be able to not give up that position when he's on the court, especially on defense, especially in playoff situations. At least that's the the idea that we'd be hoping for like that's the best case scenario uh whether he gets moved or not it's tough to say right now we're we're kind of getting the first broad strokes from brad stevens especially with regards to navigating the salary cap and putting a roster together for the beginning of the season but the way that he was able to to make moves decisive um and quick and and negotiate 
I was, I mean, we were all getting floored yesterday with the way things were coming out. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I forget who it was on the subreddit. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll look for it in a second, but they were just like, you know, Brad is about violence right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw that comment. It kind of is the embodiment of that, like, I am the captain now gif. Like, he's just stepped in. He's just shooting from the hip. He's just, like, all action all the time. Uh, and after, you know, it. watching Danny H. Dan Pat, you know, time and time again, um, it's kind of refreshing to see all of these moves. And suddenly, like, our defense is being fortified. We're getting off bad money. We're adding flexibility to, you know, how we can navigate the rest of the offseason. And it's like, just... I'm like, I'm completely behind Brad Stevens at this point, even though the sample size is still extremely small and really, you know, logically impossible to evaluate how it's going to be long-term based on what we've seen so far. My fandom has gotten the better of me and I'm 100% behind Brad Stevens. Um, Jackson, is there anything about the acquisition of Chris Dunn that stands out to you? Are you excited by the idea of keeping him around or are you um, indifferent and and okay with him potentially being moved in a a soon-to-be additional trade or deal uh, ultimately indifferent for sure but i do remember when imi adoka was um you know starting to like get confirmed to be the coach and we started hearing about him and like what he's about and going, he's a person he's a lot of the vibe was like he was really big on defense like the defense 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 is what he was after so i think brad going into you know the front office role if they're on the same wavelength of like we need defense, then like the, not only just Chris Dunn, but like the other two trade, well, the other trade that we saw today too, um, I, I think looks to solidify that. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's part of a, a total defensive makeover, and that's just going to be our calling card again. If it's sac- even if it does mean sacrificing like offense, um, but to change ever so slightly, is Jabari Parker still on the team? He is, but his next year is non-guaranteed. Okay, so it's up, to, right. it's up to Brad Stevens and co as to whether or not he returns. Fair enough. Because I like the idea of Jabari Park and Chris Dunn as like a, as like a co-reclamation project as well. Have them in yeah. there and have them have contribute like off the bench and like in an ultimately successful season in whatever context <laughs> that is. That would be lovely. But the ultimate no. timeline. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But no, I, I, don't, I, I don't feel like this is the final roster at all. So if that involves Chris Dunn moving on, then yeah, it, 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 it's likely. But, you know, I can see why it would be done. Otherwise. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I, I tried to for all the players acquired today, and we will get to Bruno Fernando, who was obviously acquired as part of this trade as well, but, you know, hardly mentionable. Jason hence, loves that one. <laughs> yeah. Him only just being mentioned uh, right now. What I've tried to do is assemble a few, like, dot points um, that you might see on, like, the back of a like a basketball trading card in this. Like, if you were you handed a card to a, a Celtics fan of, like, here's, here's the sort of the, uh, the crib notes on this player. These are the, the points that you would hope to see on that card. So very quickly on Chris Dunn, 6'3 point guard, 26 years old. Um, I've heard him described as the Nintendo GameCube graphics version of Marcus Smart. Uh, played only four games, like we said, last year before season-ending ankle surgery. Definitely more known for his defense above anything else. Only averaged 11 minutes per game in his four games last year. So difficult to sort of draw an assessment based on that small sample size. The prior season with the Chicago Bulls, 25 minutes per game, two steals per game. Did not shoot well from three, but shot 53% overall from two-point range on 4.5 attempts per game. Not bad. Probably going to be our third-string point guard behind Smart and Pritchard if he does stick around, but may get some extra minutes in the playoffs thanks to his defense. And, of course, Keith Smith uh, was the original source he tweeted out shortly after the trade. Something like, don't be surprised if Chris Dunn uh, does get moved again shortly in an upcoming trade. And very quickly, Bruno Fernando... 
the, the dot points list on this guy. Noticeably shorter. 6'9 center from Angola, drafted 34th overall in 2019. Is it about to turn 23? Likely an absolute end of the bench guy, if not like a cut and move on guy. Average 10 minutes per game in his two seasons, three points per game, three rebounds, like, you know, not not a lot to sort of go by there in terms of stats. Um, dare I ask, any thoughts on Bruno Fernando? Like, Jason, you, you see him, you're sort of, your face has become animated as, as we mentioned his name here. <laughs> you got any uh, hot takes on Bruno Fernando? I just, I remember looking at the video and, and getting excited about him as a prospect when he was in the draft uh, a couple years ago. And especially at a time when we're, you know, we, it was before we had any of the potential of, of Rob really breaking through. I'm surprised to hear that his his height's listed at six nine now. Because when he was when he was getting drafted, I, I remember him being listed. I think pretty pretty clearly a seven footer, but maybe he's got good wingspan and length to to make up for the fact. But I like that he was a a really strong rebounder. Uh, it's something that he was really effective at at co- in college. Uh, a good defender. Looked like he had more of a traditional post game then. Wasn't really a guy that would stretch the floor necessarily. Um, but he just seemed like one of those big men that you could count on, you know, not necessarily to be a dynamo or, you know, an elite starter level player, but a guy that you could count on to come in 10 to 12 minutes a game and just give you solid defense, solid boards. You know, you're not going to miss an opportunity to hold the lead or you're not going to get buried because he comes off the bench and plays for you. <clears throat> That's what I always thought when I when I remember looking at him as a young prospect um, with that athleticism, that strength, you know, again, you know, he's got a great build. So it'll be interesting. You know, it's, it's too bad that, you know, it's probably too late in his career for him to join that summer league team to get a peek at him because I don't think he's had a whole lot of opportunities. They've got a lot of a lot of big men down there that he was behind. So, you know, I don't know that we've got that many super established like we got rob who i think at least as far as i can tell is going to be our starting center al is the key backup you know probably gonna as long as he's healthy gonna share the lion share those minutes um but as far as moses brown like i don't have any reason to feel super great about moses brown i feel way better about bruno so Let's see how that goes. I'm going to be excited to see how it plays out. Mm. That's interesting. I mean, I would definitely expect Moses Brown to, you know, have some minutes where I, I wouldn't expect Fernando to have any minutes at all. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, I I think that you know, for me, Fernando, it's like it's good to have a, a you know a fifteenth man who is like totally cool with being the fifteenth man. Like if there's one thing to sort of like for me, a positive takeaway is like that guy's probably fine. Just like never playing i don't know jackson if you've got any additional i've already so was like talking about so Fernando so way too long so he's the new, <laughs> yeah. so he's new vincent he's new vincent poirier is that what you're saying well even poirier got minutes i feel like fernando was like <laughs> yeah. break glass in case of total disaster yeah. <laughs> like, i got i got to hold my hands breaking my heart ben you're breaking my heart i'm about to break it again jason i got hold my hands i don't know who the fuck he is i got yeah. no idea did he come from the hawks yeah, did, yeah, yeah. He did. did he? Did when Embiid and Collins had that scuffle in the East Conference Finals? Did he come off the bench and try and fight Embiid? I don't oh, even think it was that guy. I think it wasn't like, even that guy. Right? No, he's not okay. even that notable. But um, <laughs> oh, no. I thought that was him. For a moment, I thought it was that's the only I know about him. Yeah. For a moment, I thought it was the other Bruno who's lost on some NBA roster somewhere. Like the Bruno, is it Kabuklo? Like the two years away from being two years away guy. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, not yeah. not the case. He's, but, um, he's got a very similar name to Bruno Fernandez, who plays for Man United, who's my 
the team that I follow in the Premier League, and he's like you know really popular soccer player. So yeah, yeah. Bruno Fernandez, Bruno Fernando. If he's as good as <laughs> he can be, as good as basketball as Bruno Fernandez is to football, like we got an MVP. Simple. <laughs> but it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, maybe maybe he can be as good as Bruno Sundov. That'd be a th- that'd be something. Anyone Who's... remember Bruno Sundov? No, I don't. Can you keep oh, remembering this? All-time NBA Brunos. That's right. We, yeah. need, to, we need to have a show just dedicated to Brunos. <laughs> um, so that trade, very eventful trade, happened earlier today. And it's always nice to see like a Woj bomb that includes your team. It's a bit of a thrill when you like sort of do the double take of the tweet. Like, oh, that, that's us. Woj is tweeting about us. It's amazing. Yeah. So after that trade, did some note-taking, some preparation, headed up to my attic here to record a podcast. And just as I was hitting record, a ShamWow, Sham Sharania, reported via Twitter the Dallas Mavericks are finalizing trading guard slash forward Josh Richardson to the Boston Celtics. Richardson is exercising his $11.6 million player option for the 2021-22 season for the deal. And uh, Richardson was absorbed into the remaining Gordon Hayward exception. And the way that was able to happen is basically that they're going to make the trade happen before Monday, which is like the New Year's Day of the next NBA season. Um, so he's his salary goes up to 11.6 from that day onwards. But I think prior to then, it's like 10.6 or something like that. And therefore, affordable via that remaining Hayward trade exception. So clutch, Brad Stevens, clutch with the trade mm-hmm. here, uh, makes it happen. And we get uh, another rotation player, potentially another movable salary, uh, certainly an asset. And um, it softens the blow furthermore of Gordon Hayward walking away for quote unquote nothing. Um, mm. Jay, where are you at with Josh Richardson? Is this a good move by the Celtics? I like it. Uh, you know, the, the thing that came out too was uh, Josh Richardson was on that Sixers squad with Ime Odoka. So it's a player that would seem to likely be one of his guys, right? Like this would be, seem like a, a trade that was probably fueled by enthusiasm, I would at least imagine, from Ime Odoka. It'd be hard to imagine Brad pulling this trade off without having gone to email and been like, hey, you had this guy. Is this going to be someone that you can include in this lineup and be successful with? You know, it would it would appear that that's something that he would have signed off on. And if that's the case, then I'm looking forward to it. I know he had a, a an off year. A lot of those Dallas fans are down on him. But I remember all the games where he was torching us. You know, the, the guy's got clear talent. And so if if Yudoka's able to tap back into that and, and bring that player back out that we had seen when he was in Miami, um, I think that would be an exciting addition, especially to add a really talented player to that bench and really solidify some of that wing depth. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with what Jason said. Um, I think it's it's overall for me, I think it's just an astute salary yeah, it's an it's an astute move with a salary like cap in mind is what I'm trying to say. Sorry, um, in the fact that yeah, you do, like you said, if you do, they do it now, they save that money, which ultimately rolls into the TPE, which can you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's a really that's a good move, and you know, it just happened to line up with a guy like Jason said that Imadeka knows, plays with, looked fantastic in Miami, had a few good games with Philadelphia. You know, probably has something to prove coming off a, a crappy season with Dallas or whatever. So. Yeah, it, it, it again, it's like done. It could work either way. Whether it's a move on for something else, to move for something else, whatever, fine. If it ends up being a part of this, you know, new look team, then sweet as well. I, mean, I think it's a win-win. And it's a hell of a swing considering, you know, not having 
the types of, of cap resources that you would typically need to get a player in that tier. And and so I'm wondering too, like, is this just also an expression of Zarin clearly has a place in this front office and, and likely is not going anywhere, which mm. I would be very okay with. Oh yeah. Because um, the way that. that Brad is right off the bat navigating cap moves like this to to work on making this team more competitive despite, you know, the the limitations that we have. It's exciting. Like, what right do we have to be this excited about moves right now with how little money we have to play with? Yeah, well, I mean, they continue to add flexibility. They, Zarin and Brad Stevens, continue to add flexibility where we had done. And so it's that's kind of where we're at, where like flexibility is the most exciting acquisition, like acquiring additional flexibility for future moves. Um, some some comments here from Reddit users. So user they call me YDG wrote dominoes are falling to what I don't know, but something is happening. Referring to you know the momentum coming off these two moves. Uh, Electric got switched. Wrote hopefully he referring to Josh Richardson can revive his career. He couldn't get on the court in the playoffs. Uh, I guess with his with the Mavs there. Uh, this and every other Mavs fan are happy to move on. And then reply to that comment, user talk wrote, this comment gives me Jeff Teague PTSD. Um, if if Josh Richardson was to stick around and say, hypothetically, for the sake of this question, the Celtics do pay the tax and they do re-sign Fournier, what's the role of Josh Richardson there? Is he just is he a, um, a, the member of a, a deep bench for a high tax-paying team? Or what kind of role, Jackson, do you envision Josh Richardson playing on this, this Celtics team? I don't think the Fournier signing happens, to be perfectly honest, unless Josh yep. Richardson goes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, I, I guess the, the depth wouldn't hurt, particularly if, like, a Doke is high on him and he has something to prove and he can contribute. Like, you know, all the, if he contributes and he's a good player, no one gives a shit. It's fine. But, like, if he doesn't, then it's really it, it's sketchy. So I, I don't see it being either way, you know, either we're keeping Fournier or Fournier's off and he's a part of the or some or another asset. So it sounds like a lot of these moves are are creating that cap flexibility for 2022. So it's it'll be interesting to hear more whispers about what types of targets they're looking at for, you know, maybe pursuing in that free agency class. Um, you know, I I don't necessarily see those two guys on the same bench unit either. I know a lot of mm-hmm. people have been talking about Fournier as a starter, but I never saw that from the jump. It just doesn't make sense to me, especially if you're going to move Marcus Smart to the point guard position to start, why would you then get smaller at the shooting guard position? That doesn't necessarily make sense to me. So um, I'm also not the biggest Fournier fan, though. Like if I'm choosing between those two, despite I know Fournier is a more explosive shooter or more consistent shooter um, and a more maybe a dynamic score. I like what I've seen previously with Josh Richardson more than what I've seen at any given point with Evan Fournier, and he's done it on at, at least slightly more successful teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fournier does seem to be balling out right now for France, though, and so he could come back this year and have a dynamite year, whether it's with us or with someone else, and I could end up beating a whole lot of my shoe. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. I mean, Josh Richardson certainly, I feel like against the Celtics for various teams in the past few years has has shown out. But just thinking about the Jays and what we need to sort of help them succeed, a shooter, a kickout option like Evan Fournier, as opposed to Josh Richardson, to me, makes more sense. And, and for that reason, I kind of hope like that um, ownership will overpay Fournier 
to a certain extent. I mean, there's, there's definitely a limit. Like anything over like 18 million, I think is like you, you just got to kind of walk away from it. But Fournier is a much more, to me, valuable piece around Tatum and Brown than Richardson, especially when you factor in that Tatum and Brown are great defenders in their own right. We've got Marcus Smart, potentially Chris Dunn, you know, Romeo Langford, Neesmith sort of showed out as a, as a competent defender later in that, in that rookie season of his. Like, the, there's good perimeter defense. And so, at a certain point, you've got to be like, well, we need a, we need a guy who can shoot. And mm-hmm. for me, Fournier just seems like the priority there compared to Josh Richardson. But I, it's a, I think it's a divisive, divisive issue. And I think a lot of people feel yeah. differently about it. Um, Jackson, what are your thoughts? I completely agree with you, unless Patty Mills is available. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you get fucking Patty Mills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get rid of everyone else. You got Patty Mills. So that would be that would be my priority, obviously. But um, yeah, no, I hundred percent agree about. Yeah, and just the fact that we turned an expiring TPE into something like it was about to yeah, expire. Precisely. In this case, you know, Josh Richardson. Worst case, he's a decent three and D option. It's a tradable chunk of salary. It's not nothing, and this mm. was about to this TPE was about to expire and become literally nothing. So it's good that they did something with it. And and like that user, they call me YDG said off the top there. Um, it's just another domino falling. There's there's more to to come out of um come out of all of this. So it's it's all in flux. And like you know, the activity ended for the day. We're now we're at a point where we can pause and podcast about it but who knows by the time this goes live you know maybe everything's changed again um quick profile though on josh richardson in case he does stick around again back of the trading card scenario here obviously more memorably played for the heat and the sixes he's a six five guard only 27 years old for some reason thought he was older than that career averages of 12 points per game three assists one steal 43 percent from the field 36 percent from three um, but that's declined every year since he's been in the league um, definitely a rotation player. So, like I said, it's not nothing. Whether he fits on a team with Marcus Smart, Fournier, Lankford, Neesmith remains to be seen, but the general consensus is that he doesn't. Um, so, like Chris Dunn, um, like it was speculated that he might be moved, you know, there's a potential for that to happen with Josh Richardson as well. So, those are the trades, and that's a little profile on on the three new Celtics. And, you know, before we get to Jay and Mike's post-draft pod in a second, just some missed points very quickly. So, uh, long-time Celtics assistant coach Jay Laranago is heading to the Clippers, following Ooh. the same path as Doc Rivers, I suppose. I don't know. Obviously, Doc Rivers is, is not there anymore, but yeah, for a while, it's appeared that you know, Jay was not going to be a part of Ime Adoka's coaching staff. I don't know. I hesitate to ask, but have you got any favorite Jay Laranega memories, guys? <laughs> just that dude had such a unique face. Oh like man! Every time I cut to the bench, just just something about just like the lines and the just the, just the, the the gravity of his head. Just I was always just like looking at it, looking at him before anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I've got about Jay Laranega. I didn't know that. You just broke that to me. Uh, so oh, yeah, wow. fair enough. Reaction yeah. here from Jackson. Yeah, no, fair enough, man. But yeah, I guess Emiadoka, you got to get your own guys in, right? And like as good as Laranega yeah. was to, to, to look at, <laughs> he's probably got to get <laughs> one of his guys in. Yeah. I like the 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 user comment uh user uh gaga gaba <laughs> goodbye crazy eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. He does and look then, like he's uh, like 6 hours into a rave, like a, a, a <laughs> London rave. <laughs> and of course that's the guy that connected with Smart for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and, I can and see Taco it. Fall, apparently. Yeah. In Angel um, Trust also uh also posted a comment. Dang, I guess the Clippers really did acquire Boston in a trade. 
couple of other missed points here. So, Mark Murphy tweeted that he's hearing that the Celtics have a list of, quote, seven or eight free agent targets, including Spurs point guard Patty Mills. Discussions between the team and Evan Fournier are ongoing, but not close to a resolution. Um, it's just exciting, I think, that, like, like, we've made some moves. Clearly, we're in the hunt. Clearly, there's more moves to be made. A couple more points very quickly. The Celtics signed Sam Hauser to a two-way deal. He's a 6'8 wing, kind of a stretch four, almost shot a 50-40-90 in his last college season with Virginia and 40, just under 42% from three. Um, I had never heard of this guy before. I'm not going to pretend that I'm like some sort of Virginia college uh, aficionado, but um, you know, it sort of fits an archetype that the Celtics need, perhaps if they fall short. On you know like a Larry Nance or a um, you know a, a stretch four, this guy can maybe step into the Celtics squad and um, and hit a couple of Tatum Brown you know kick out open threes. Um, Jason, had you heard of this guy before? Um, and any thoughts on his joining the Celtics? Shaking his never head. heard of this guy. <laughs> never heard of yeah. this guy before. I put I put a comment in the the thread that it you know that was opened up for for him, and I just put Herringody two point uh, but then I, I'm pretty sure I got downvoted to hell for it. Not even to hell. I think I got like two downvotes because I don't actually, ha- I don't have as much gravity as uh, Jay Larinaga's head. So um, <laughs> I didn't, the comment didn't get that much, that much attention. But there were some people, at, at least one person commented, they were quite offended with that comparison, which I mean, I thought it was pretty solid. Like Heron Gody, I had a good memory for that guy. He oh, had man, a couple of threes. I love Luke Gody. Yeah. He had some mad yeah. hustle. KG respected yeah. him. It was great. Right? <laughs> You'd be you'd be doing a lot worse for comps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Anything else, guys? Any other missed points you want to introduce before we wrap this segment up? Not not a Celtics thing, but just dead quick. What do you think of Westbrook the Lakers? You're gonna make them better or worse? Uh I forecast a mid-season disaster, whether it be injury-related or personality clash-related. I and I can't tell if it's like this is just what I naturally gravitate towards in terms of bias as yeah. a Celtics fan, or if logically that is likely to be the case. But um, I, I, I know some Lakers fans and they all feel uneasy about it. What do mm. you think, Jason? So I know that this is something that, that Mike and I definitely, this, it happened, that trade went down like right during the draft time. So um, I know that we talked a little about it in the next segment that we're going to be uh, putting up. And so I'll, I'll save my thoughts to, to get shared there. Cause I definitely, I had uh I, I had some fun reacting to that one, so. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to listening nice. to it. Nice, likewise, yeah. To me, it reeks of, like, last roll of the dice, hey. Like, yeah. this, is Le- this is LeBron's fucking last chance saloon. This is the guy we got, you know, probably one of Chris Paul. Didn't happen. I was like, all right, shit. Yeah. Right. We, need, we, need, <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need a third amigo to just make a push, and if it doesn't go this year, then I think it's done. I think that's the end of LeBron. The death rattles of LeBron James's career. I think so, yeah. I think, I, I think, he's, I think he's got to fo- too focused on his Hollywood career now. Of the you know the the masterpiece that was Space Jam Two, by the way. Have you guys seen that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Depending on how the season goes, we may have a, a whole podcast just on on Space Jam Two if things do quieten down and allow us some some time to do that. Uh, in the meantime, for the Celtics, look, we've got the nine million dollar trade exception created by the Thompson trade. We have a five million dollar trade exception from the Tice trade. We still have six point nine million dollar trade exception from the Kemba Walker trade. Trade exceptions all, all round, plenty of fix, flexibility like we, uh, we hinted at the top there. There are sign and trade possibilities with Fournier as well if we decide we can't afford him. And the Dunn and Richardson contracts are highly tradable as well. So stay tuned. There's surely going to be plenty of action between now 
and the beginning of the season. Jackson, Jay, thanks again, guys. Love your work. In the meantime, let's head over to Jason and Mike's post-draft show. How's it going, Jay? Uh, it's an interesting draft night. I'm glad we're here to break it down a little bit. Uh, we had a lot of highlights, mostly perk-related, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Listen, Ben wanted fireworks. We got fireworks galore. Nothing to do with the Celtics, but we got fireworks. Uh, we've got we got the news and takes with no commercial breaks. So, with no more delay, all right, let's get into this a little bit. First and foremost, Spoons, I need your feedback. What do you think about this ESPN presentation draft night in 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 relationship to to previous drafts? Like, how does it seem to be going right now? So, there's a fine line between terrible. And so bad, it's good. Ooh. And ESPN flirted very <laughs> close to that line all night. And I think at times it was so bad, it was actually good. I mean, Perk was out here talking about his marriage with Woj. No idea what he means. No idea what he talks about. He was giving, he was them, talking about, he was giving them those eyes. <laughs> he really was. Yeah, Perk wanted a piece. He likes <laughs> it. Like, like, Drop one of those Woj bombs from me, man. Yeah, he's got a daddy <laughs> complex or something. Oh, no. but. Uh, he made a, a early co- earlier comment. He called the Sacramento Kings the can't-get-right Kings. <laughs> the Sacramento can't-get-right Kings. I mean, Perk has a way with words at times. It's not always pretty, but, I mean, he nailed it there. I mean, the Kings are just constantly getting in their own way. Perk has been a highlight. His his battling with Richard Jefferson tonight. Are we are we keeping score right now on those two going back and forth? So Perk had the stroke on on live TV and and couldn't get Moses Moody name out. It like he was. It sounded like he was just a broken record for a second. They had to hit the reset button on Perk, right? Like they had to reboot, dude. Like they shut him down, reboot him, give him another go. And I Richard thought, dug into him. I thought my YouTube stream was like skipping or something. <laughs> uh, but I think it's RJ, you know, 100 to 1 maybe. I mean, he really roasted Perk there. And Billis had to like come in and step in for Perk. Like, come on, man. You got you to gotta have some pride here, Perk. Rachel Nichols is dying on TV right now. She's like, I lost the finals for this. I so know. Now, she's like, now I'm standing between Perk and RJ just trying to keep this thing somewhat respectable as far as like sports reporting goes. And it's just not happening. Like, no, not abso- happening. absolutely not. I mean, I can't even remember a take they had. It was just pure chaos the entire <laughs> night. So Jay, ba- Jay Bayless, uh, for the whole night, just looked like it looked like for the first 15 minutes, dude was in it in his game. Like that dude is he is consistency to the core. He's been doing this for a minute. And he's watched dudes rotate in and out of that lineup, pre- presenting the draft. And he's always just been on point. And tonight, you could see it on his face. Like he's like, "I'm, I'm over this." <laughs> like, I'm, I'm by done. the time, Perk, like, say whatever you want. <laughs> by the time Jalen Suggs got picked, Billis was like, "And I'm checking out of here. I'll <laughs> drop done. some fake laugh. Maybe say wingspan a few times." That's right. I'm just trying to get through this night. <laughs> Let me just get through the. <laughs> I'm going to be shocked if that dude's back next year. Unless they retool that and put some people next to him that can actually hold down the broadcast. Like, I'd be shocked if that dude comes back. I would be livid right now. He's going to have a one-man protest outside of it where they had the draft next year. I'm not doing this again. 
All right, so you know we we rip a little bit on ESPN, but nonetheless, we're still watching the damn thing, right? So they're Always. getting their ad yeah. revenue through. Every so the minute. jokes really the jokes really yeah. on us, and we're Truly. really we're we're humble enough to recognize that. But we're, yeah, you know we're right. taking one for the Celtics community in this case. Especially me, I'm not even streaming. I'm watching this this stuff straight off, you know, the the hotel cable. So I'm contributing to all that ad revenue directly. But let's take a second and and break into some of these fireworks. You know, on on behalf of Ben, right? We're we're not joined today by Ben as we normally would be. We're doing a late night pa- podcast. I'm over here in where the hell am I now? I'm in Evanston, Illinois. <laughs> all right, I'm I'm having trouble keeping track of where I am lately. <laughs> Uh, last week was over in San Antonio. Uh, so I think right now you're an hour ahead of me. I am indeed. Yep. So thank you much for, for hanging out late with us. But on behalf of Ben and in the spirit of, of honoring his desire to have some fireworks, let's talk about some of the things that went down that, that caught our eye and our attention. I mean, we've got, what, a new big three that just developed in the other L.A. team? Yeah, I think uh, it depends on your definition of big. Uh, because I, Westbrook, I think is a divisive player. I think in the right context, he's a wonderful player and he can be unstoppable at times. I do not think this is going to be the right context for him. I mean, you need to give the ball to Westbrook, spread the floor and let him kill people. That's not going to happen with LeBron. I mean, that's what LeBron does and he's better at it than Westbrook. So what are you going to have Westbrook space out to the corner? I mean, he's useless doing that. Uh, he could kill bench units for 10 minutes a game, but I actually think this lowers their ceiling in the playoffs. I think they'll win a lot more regular season games, but I think they're easier to match up with when you know it's crunch time, game seven, in the second or third round of the playoffs. All right, so I'm going to come at you with the counterpoint, and for one reason Good. and one reason only, and it's that if nothing else, I would like nothing more than for the Lakers to make it back to the finals so that our overachieving Celtics can smash that ass. All right. I and love so, that reality. So, so here's, here's the, the, the alternative take on, on this particular trade. LeBron, 36 years old, and is at a point where he legitimately needs to load manage, most especially because of the nature of his game, right? That's a physical cat. You know, even at his age now, you know, he hasn't really slowed down. This dude still runs and, and, and guns with the best of them, the youngest of them in the league. But that body's breaking down a little bit, right? So you bring in a guy like Westbrook to balance with AD. You know, all three of these guys are probably throughout the regular season going to have to load manage a little bit, similar to what we've seen over in Brooklyn. Now, ultimately, right, it's going to come down to playoff health. As with Brooklyn, that did not work out. And so that was uh, disappointing for Brooklyn and reassuring for a lot of fans across the league that were frustrated about how that team got put together. But so I'm looking at this from the perspective of if this works, that is great news because all that means is it's an opportunity for Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart to stomp that L.A. ass. Homegrown star talent tearing it up. I'm about that life. I love the picture you just painted, man. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, I'm I, like I said. I think it definitely can work. I'm just not. It's far from a guarantee, in my opinion. Like I could see LeBron getting really frustrated, 
dropping some goofy ass Instagram posts about fitting out and fitting in. Uh, and you know, Russ won't put up with that. You know, he's not Kevin Love. Like mm. he's gonna, they might fight on the court. I don't know. There's hundred to one odds that they might they drop. You know, they they uh, throw hands on the court. The the words already coming out that the organization itself was divided on the move to begin with, right? So it was Perfect. like they were they were torn between Russell Westbrook and Buddy Heald, right? <laughs> and so one can only hope that it was LeBron that wanted Buddy Heald. <laughs> I pray, I man. Want, <laughs> I want Westbrook to step into a reality where where the the lead player on the team he just got traded to preferred buddy healed instead of the prospect <laughs> of playing with him because and you cause know russ players, would take that personally yeah well, at this point how would he not right right everywhere westbrook goes star players want him gone like yeah. they don't even want to leave him they want him gone yeah like they'll stay where they're at as long as he's gone they'll try it with someone different listen ultimately bradley beal chose kyle kuzma <laughs> And KCP. (laughs) Instead of Russell Westbrook. So really, that's what this comes down to. It wasn't until they were able to give Bradley Beal the news that they were bringing in Kyle Kuzma to replace Russell Westbrook that Bradley Beal said, you know what, I'll stick around. I'll give this a go. (laughs) I mean, if that doesn't tell you the state of where Westbrook's at and what playing with him is like, I don't know what does. But different angle real quick, and then I think we should talk a little bit about the draft what a great like series of transactions uh for washington though i mean they traded john wall for russell westbrook and turned him into kuzma who's a solid young you know piece kcp an expiring contract and a first round pick i mean you go from john wall an untradeable albatross to positive assets that's pretty damn good for washington who is not known for making damn good moves at all (laughs) and on the other end of that you've also got um i think the rockets kind of putting on a clinic for how do you rebuild with youth i mean it's hard to imagine a world where all of those rookies sort of you know perform at really high levels but they seem to make pretty solid picks i i like the the Jalen green pick i think that dude seems like a player um me too so I think that gives them a lot of talent to work with. It really looked like they had some bare cupboards, and it, it really looks like they got some reason to be optimistic. I totally agree. I think they did well. Speaking of reasons to be optimistic, um, the Celtics have really found a way to solve all of their problems in this draft. And we thought that losing that number 16 pick was going to be kind of a heartbreaker as far as getting excited about what kinds of talent we can bring in via the draft. And lo and behold, Brad Stevens and just the most glorious of, of, of moves makes the really i think under it's going to end up being underappreciated Let's but it's going to so. go down as legendary bringing on i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to get this right Jerron Bergeron from from the French uh suburban rec league <laughs> yeah and- the Paris the Paris pickup league it's like the Drew league but French Listen, we we poke fun, dude. Dude, from the from the highlights and the shaky cams from somebody in the audience that they were able to to patch into the feed <laughs> for ESPN. Um, he looked solid. Uh, what what was the feedback they gave on him? Uh, 
I, I uh, forget what physical tools. He's got physical that's, tools. That's it. So I mean, the man what, has arms and legs. We know that much. What more could you ask for? You know, he's Not got. Much. Uh, I almost made a, a, a terrible Ger- uh, Gerald Green joke, and I'm just I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there because Gerald Green was a, he was a baller. You know, he was and, a beast, and, even with his half a finger, even with. So, um, yeah. I'm not sure this guy's going to play right. I, this seems like either a draft and stash kind of guy or just a guy that ends up like Ben Pepper and we never hear or see from him ever again. I mean, I don't know how many people even remember Ben Pepper, but I was really excited about that. Too. <laughs> I remember Ben Bentle. There, all right, that was another that was guy who time. never played. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, but I'm with you. What do you What do you think? So, considering the fact, I I was looking at guys like Greg Brown or Charles Bassey, guys that could fit into that four or five uh, realm or position and offer something unique. Greg Brown, I like the prospect of that athleticism at the four. Bassey, probably more of a natural five than a four, but had a little bit more touch, had some nice passing. Uh, from what we saw in the highlights and, and a lot of the the feedback that was coming out about him. But ultimately, Greg Brown went, I think, the pick or two ahead of us. Um, so, you know, not sure if that was even someone on our radar for that pick. Bassey doesn't seem to be on anyone's radar unless he's gotten picked up nope. since. Um, anyone that you were kind of disappointed we didn't take a swing on? That was available. Um I don't know. At that point, I think Sharif Cooper is probably worth the risk. I mean, his jump shot is absolutely completely broken, but that dude is dynamic as hell with the ball in his hands, and he has vision. He could pass. I mean, everyone wants us to get Rubio. Well, Sharif Cooper's, I mean, I don't want to say he's as good as Ricky Rubio, but he projects to be that same type of player. So at 45, I wouldn't hate that type of risk, even though I do not like point guards who can't shoot. But, you know, at 45, we know he can, has two near elite skills for a prospect. So I, I wouldn't have hated that. Um, Here's what I want to know about Sharif Cooper, though. Does he have any physical tools? <laughs> I mean, you got to find the guys with the physical tools. Otherwise, what's the point? Skill? entirely secondary ah, you gotta optional. have physical tools yeah, have physical. optional yeah so yeah ultimately i mean i i remember you had shared some some thoughts uh before we we jumped onto the pod about a couple of folks that were were on your mind that had been falling but then they actually just as you named them uh when we were talking about it they went boom 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 one right after the one after another um who are the who are those folks that you were you were identifying then not only did they go one after another, they went in the exact order that I <laughs> named them. Although I'm, I can't remember one of them, but Deuce uh, McBride, Deuce McBride, yep, Desumu was the last one, and now I'm blanking on who the other one is. Oh no! Oh, JT Thor. Oh yeah, well, yeah. So and when, you gotta like him for the name, if nothing else. Exactly. Listen, you know, and he's so got great physical tools. There. <laughs> I would imagine so. I So at one point in my life, I was doing some commercial fishing and I worked with a gentleman named Thor and he, he also had like good physical tools. So Great wingspan. I, great wingspan. <laughs> good. All right. So all joking aside, you know, the draft leaves uh, a bit to be desired as far as excitement and genuine Celtics related fireworks. But how are you feeling after this draft? Um, with any news that's come out 
over the last 24 to 48 hours and kind of looking ahead towards summer league and, and preseason so, and impending free agency. Yeah. Uh, what I will say, the one thing I think our pick of Burt Bagarin means is that we are really, my guess is he's a stash and that means we're really conscious of our books going into free agency, which to me means we're almost certainly bringing back Evan Fournier which I am fully on board for. I think he's a wonderful fit next to the Jays. I think he's that out right now. And he's absolutely crushing it in the Olympics. And I think he's a great fit with Smart because Smart can kind of cover some of his weaknesses. And he's such an elite shooter that he, he just really will space the floor for Marcus to run pick and roll. And then you've got, you know, the Jays. Uh, so I think he's a great fit, even though, you know, defensively leaves a lot to be desired. So that's the one sort of positive I'm choosing to take from the fact that we went with this un, sort of unknown prospect that's going to be a drafted stash. One of the things that came out, I saw this posted on the sub just a little bit ago, um, some reports coming out that Boston is indeed interested in Lonzo Ball. Now, most of the last several months have been spent discussing every reason why this is not even impossible. So who in their right mind is putting out a tweet blasting the Celtics as interested in Lonzo Ball like this is a thing that's happening? Now, we don't have to get into the contract aspect of it because I'm sure. not necessarily super savvy to all the contract stuff. Um, and, and in general, if we're going to dive into that kind of thing, you know, we should probably take a closer look at the cap and how that all navigates. But I've settled in on Marcus Smart as our starting point guard. I think if you make the move for Alonzo Ball, you're clearly not committed to that. So I would have to imagine that if they're interested in Alonzo Ball, they're entertaining the idea of parting ways with Marcus Smart. Do you see that the same way? And how would you feel about it? So I have um, mixed feelings on Alonzo. One thing I will say, one very strong feeling I have about him is that I do not think he's a primary ball handler. And I think Smart is more fit for that role than Lonzo. I see him as like a two guard, really. He's a weird two guard, but I mean, his best skills are passing and shooting. He can't really break down a defense. I mean, he can sort of run a pick and roll, but not in the way that a primary ball handler can. Um, I would actually be kind of interested to see what like a smart Lonzo backcourt would look like. I mean, that would be suffocating on defense. Jay, let me ask you if this does indicate that we're moving on from smart as one, one of, I think the biggest smart supporters that I'm aware (laughs) of, how does that make you feel? Listen, if smart goes, my daughter and I go too. (laughs) Buy that Uh, Pelicans jersey. Oh, man, it would be a really so the only thing I feel like I'd be able to liken it to and it's not appropriate at all is the way that I felt when we trade out traded Al Jefferson. I remember that moment. I remember getting that news and just had like I understood who Kevin Garnett was. I understood everything that he was. And I, I could understand what the Celtics were doing at that time and, and what the expectation was. It was championship time. But like my heart, <laughs> as someone that just watched Al Jefferson come onto this team, grow into the the, the player that out. he was become, you know, and just yeah. and and start just kicking ass, right? Yep. And just yeah, dominating in the paint in that classic big bruising man, nice, you know, that clever footwork, 
Always oh, yeah. finding the blue sky, as Tommy used to say. And, you know, watching him end up having to leave in that package, it was, it was a bittersweet symphony, if you will. Shout out to, will. to the verb. <laughs> um, but ultimately, it was for the best. Now, all of that being said, Lonzo Ball is not Kevin Garnett. No, <laughs> and not does even not close. offer anything even resembling what Kevin Garnett brought as far as championship aspiration and, and, and quality level performance. So I would not see that in the immediate as a huge win or a score for the Celtics. I do not. I, I agree with you in, in the sense that I don't think Lonzo Ball is a better point guard, let alone a better point guard for these Celtics than Marcus Smart is or, or could be. I do think Lonzo Ball is an NBA point guard. I think he's got to figure his stuff out. I think he's one of those guys that's probably towards towards the tail end of his prime and going into his early sort of like back nine of his career. He's probably going to be dynamite. You know, yeah. he's got like he, he's just got that right kind of physicality and athleticism that doesn't seem like it's going to taper off too too aggressively as he ages. Um, he does have a shot that's continuing to improve, and he's only going to get more clever with how he navigates offenses. The Definitely. best thing that he can do is find himself a good situation with a solid, you know, a solid coaching team around him, uh, a winning environment. But I don't want it to be Boston. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't want it to be Boston. But ultimately, I can talk all the shit I want. But if they if they if they did negotiate some kind of deal where Smart was out and, and Lonzo Ball was in, I would I would find a way. Because I, I talked myself into it. I just in three don't days. know any other way. Spoons, I don't know <laughs> any you, other way. I'm sick. I have a problem. I'm the same way. <laughs> but I don't want any medicine for it. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I just want summer league. That's the only medicine Listen, I want. That right now has got me hyped. I'm a little I'm a little disappointed with Team USA. I'm a little disappointed to see our boy Tatum, not even boy Tatum, our man Tatum, right? Grown superstar that he is, not necessarily, you know, killing it the way that I, you know, I hoped or anticipated, but we got Summer League to look forward to. And that roster for Summer League, like on Summer League terms, that's going to be lit. That's it's going to be, be legit. Yeah. That's going to be prime time Summer League. It's like League our watching. bench. <laughs> yeah. It's like that our is, whole bench. That's our that's our depth right there. Yeah. So it'll be exciting to see some of these guys come out and show out and, uh, and and see what we've got on the horizon. Most especially Romeo Langford, Neesmith, Pritchard. See how those guys are vibing. Yeah. Would really love to see some chemistry there. And listen, I love me a side of yams. Give me yams all day. I am I'm geeked for yam. We could talk about it more as we get a little bit closer to summer league. But I am I am all in on the yam train. He's teamed up with Combat Muscles, Ojale's trainer. Like what this more could you want? He's gonna be a monster. That's right. League is wrecked. League MVP? I don't know. Maybe too soon, but that's his floor. <laughs> so listen, we're we're gonna keep it short tonight. Um, you know, again, not a lot of news or a lot of fireworks necessarily on the Celtics part, but some pretty outrageously absurd uh, reality level television coming from ESPN uh, this evening as far as draft coverage. I want to throw one more shout out uh, because, you know, we're really familiar with getting the Woj bombs during these types of events. But on this particular evening, we got the atom bomb from our commissioner announcing the trade 
the whole stadium goes quiet. Like, what the hell are you even? T-? And he's like, listen, I just I'm just reading it. Just reading the card, man. <laughs> just reading it. Like, I don't know what it's talking about. Like, that was that was brilliant. Like, yeah, I, get, I loved it. That dude has got at least a little bit of of a really good comedic timing. And every time I start to not have a whole lot of like like positive vibes about him as a commissioner, he'll do something whether it's like you know socially related or then you know just having good comedic time around. Like, all right, like you're definitely. You're not the old guard, like you. Right, you're not. <laughs> you, you got me. Yeah, yeah. you got me. Yeah. So I, like I thought he stole the show, most especially with that line. It reminded me of being in a high school production, forgetting my line on stage after I fell off a wooden horse in a production of Alice in Wonderland, and looked at the audience and just shrugged, said, "Ouch," as a question. <laughs> and then, as the whole crowd starts laughing, they shouted my line out to me, and, and we finished the show. The so, show must go on, as they say, Jay. You know, so you know, I'm I'm just bringing all this up to point out that me and me and Adam Silver have a lot in common, and I yeah, think clearly. he and I should sit down and have some coffee and talk about it. All right, I'm sure you'd enjoy that. All right, Wayne Spoonie, thank you so much for for joining me tonight. Loving your work, loving you being on the pod. Uh, hoping to have you back real soon, and uh, look forward to to talking more, especially with regards to summer league coming up. So stay at the ready, my friend. All right. Thanks, man. It was, uh, thanks for having me. It was a good time. All right. That's going to do it for this one. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Mike and Jay for putting together the post draft show. That's our US based office now operating independently. Very exciting for us. We'll be back with another pod in the next few days. Until then, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.